everybody. Welcome to the Talking Animation Podcast. And this is a show where we talk about uh, animated films that we want to talk about, uh, usually obscure indie, underappreciated films. And we have a lot of fun doing it. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner, and Stanford is here. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm well. I'm looking forward to talking with you about this film. And you're just so nice to host on this because it was kind of my <laughs> at you know at my request oh, <laughs> so well, thank you thank you i mean i am i'm grateful too because i love this movie and i i recognize as an adult some of the flaws but it's definitely one that i have a lot of nostalgia for i mean when it first came out i probably liked it as much as any of the disney renaissance films if not yeah. more so. I mean, yeah. I really loved this movie. It came out when I was 16. Okay. And and I still I still love it. I still think it's great. When I did my um top 50 animated series, uh animated film series, I had it on I had it on there cuz I just couldn't deny it. it's one of my favorites. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to we'll we'll talk about it, but uh uh do you remember seeing it back in the? In, yeah, in so back in the day, you know, I I saw the film when it came out in theaters in 1997. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should say we're we're talking about Anastasia, yes. by the way, right? Oh, yes. I'm not sure we <laughs> mentioned the title. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Anastasia, the Don Fox, Bluth. Yeah, from Fox yeah. Animation Studios, Don Bluth from yeah. 1997. Yes, you know, I just wanted to put that in context because the. Uh, you know, in '90s, as you mentioned, the Disney Renaissance was just winding down, and I am such a Disney fan. I just really felt like this film was so derivative, but there was still so much I liked about it. And and uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm I, yeah. I really enjoyed watching it again, and I'm excited to kind of process through it, mm-hmm. process through it with you. I'd also just like to, to mention too, Rachel, that um, as I kind of alluded to at the at the beginning that. You're so nice to put this on on your your, your podcast. My my major movie watching project of this year has been to watch a hundred films from 20th Century Fox, and I picked the films, but I tried to find mm-hmm. films that were representative of different genres or films that were super popular the year they came out, you know, or whatnot. Yeah. And this is the one film I picked from Fox Animation Studios, even though the studio wasn't open that long, and they had like Titan AE. I think there was maybe another one that, that came out. Anyway, this yeah. is the, the one I picked. But also, you know, Fox did a did a live action Anastasia in 1956 that starred Ingrid Bergman and Yul Brynner. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you have you ever seen that film. It's terrific. I never have. It's I never very have. good. Highly recommended. Is it the same kind of story, or is it? Oh, yeah, different? it's the same story. In that you okay. know, so Ingrid Bergman plays this woman who doesn't really know who she is. And Eul Brenner is 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 plays that Dimitri role, you know, that uh, trying to be the in a way kind of being a huckster. Mm-hmm. But then they realize, oh my goodness, you know, she could probably be truly the missing, you know, princess. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Helen Hayes is in it. Helen Hayes plays the um, dowager, or you know, or not the. I mean, just the the countess yeah. role that Angela Lansbury voices in in. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, highly recommended. Beautiful, yeah. beautifully filmed. You know, beautiful sets and costumes and everything, and just terrific acting. Yeah. So cool. I have to check that out. Yeah. I, 
I can I can understand why people take issue with this movie. I mean, if it was my heritage and my culture, I might be more sensitive to it. And I mean, as an adult, I've definitely grown more sensitive to that and that, you know, that some things are, are a little cringy in it. But uh, but I still think that it it's, I still think it's a pretty entertaining film. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm able to kind of, I don't know, take it as historical fiction, like reading a historical romance novel that you don't just like, even when I watch something like Hamilton, I'm not really watching it for like the history lesson. I'm looking at it for like, what kind of insights, what can it say? What can I learn from this? How can I be entertained? And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's romantic historical fiction, basically this, this movie. Yeah. I, I perfectly said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, overall you, you rewatching it overall, what'd you think? You know, there's so much of it that I like. Uh, I, I think that, that, you know, Anastasia is a really strong character mm-hmm. and I, so I like that. I like, I like the majority of the of the music, the thing, the songs, the songs are mm-hmm. great. I think the animation is lovely. Yes, and and really impressive. You know, detailed and beautiful backgrounds, and and uh, you know, just great, great character and, designs and costumes. You know, yeah, and, and some pretty impressive sequences, like the 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 train crash sequence. Oh yeah, is very well done. Yeah. Um, I've got a big complaint with Rasputin and we can address that later. (laughs) But, but, uh, you know, really it's, it's, it's a very entertaining, it's a very entertaining and a Mm well-made film, I think. Yeah. And happy that, you know, that, that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the musical? No. See, I missed it when it came through. I was out of town when it when, mm. when it came through at, at the Eccles, you know, here in Salt Lake City. I, I I want to see it partly because again, that it's uses the songs that I like, and then the Rasputin character is portrayed, I think, differently, or is it even portrayed at all? Is is he even a character mm-hmm. in? No, uh, stage production. So I didn't see it at Eccles, but I saw it. I was actually at a high school production of it. Okay. Yeah, and they did a great job. There was it was very good. So it's Syracuse High School. Oh, nice. Okay. So I saw it there, and I feel like they overcorrected. Ah, interesting. They turn instead of Rasputin. (laughs) Yeah, instead of Rasputin, they they have this general type this military guy that's like hunting them down and he was just really boring to me like i would rather have an over-the-top kind of villain fun character with like a to me at least a humorous sidekick i would way rather have that than this kind of boring i just felt like they took a lot of the energy out of the move of the movie uh and didn't replace it with stuff that was fun they replaced it with stuff that was boring it was boring okay interesting. yeah and so yeah. i i just felt like they overcorrected and i understand uh-huh. why they had to do what they had to do but uh but you don't want to you don't want to go to to a broadway music for a history lesson you want to go to be entertained you can go be entertained yeah. yeah 
So, I, you know, and pretty much everything I liked in it, it was because of the original with the songs and the yeah. you know, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, they it starts out and it is, I have to admit, pretty cringy uh, watching it back. This start with um, this painting, the the czar Russia as this uh, fairy land. Yeah. <laughs> Enchanted world of elegant palaces and grand parties and anything. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> exactly. That, that I should say that I've got, I have issues with that too. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the portrayal of Rasputin, which we'll get to. But yeah, yeah. so Rasputin, he is painted as the villain. He said we he thought he was a holy man, but he was a fraud. And uh, and Basically, they make the decision to make Rasputin kind of a, um, he's like sold a soul to the devil. Yeah. Right. And there's like this, I don't know what you call that thing that he has. It's not like a lantern. It's like a. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. This little. uh, Yes. I'm with you. I don't know what it's called either, but it's that little gold flask thing. that. Yeah. It's like a talisman or Or something. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it has his glass, it has his yeah. magic power in this tube. Yeah, and uh, and so he sells his soul, and it, he wants revenge on the Romanovs. And I mean, I'm I am far from an expert on Rasputin, but he was a real person. Yeah, he was and a real person, and I think he was, you know, kind of a creepy person. I think he practiced some kind of dark, you know, some doing stuff in the dark arts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think that he got the czar kind of involved in some of that. Yeah. And uh, that, so in this one, they go kind of full on that he's like a sorcerer. And he's like I, Jafar. Mm-hmm. Is what I felt like. He was a real ripoff of Jafar. Yeah. I mean, I'm reading here on the Wikipedia. It says he traveled to St. Petersburg in 1903 and then uh, in 1904, 1905, where he captivated some church and social leaders, and he became a society figure and met with Emperor Nicholas and Empress Alexander in 1905. Um, so he began acting as the healer of the imperial couple's only son, Alexei, uh, who had hemophilia. And uh, some saw him as mystic, visionary, and a prophet. And others as a religious charlatan. This is the high point of Rasputin's power was in 1915 when Nicholas II left St. Petersburg to oversee Russian armies fighting World War One. So he had some power there. In the early morning of the 30th of December 1916, Rasputin was assassinated by a group of conservative noblemen who opposed his influence over Alexander and Nicholas. So interesting. Yeah. So anyway, it's kind of interesting. I mean. So he's a complicated, it sounds like a complicated, yeah, a complicated figure. And uh, I know that, you know, they needed to put somebody in as a bad guy. So they, you know, the creative team picked him mm-hmm. for, for, you know, for the animated film. And yeah, I guess, you know, again, it's, it's definitely, it's entertaining. It fits within the genre, you know, of again, just the Disney animated musical that I feel like this is very much, you know, following that template Mm -hmm. but it just felt again the combination of oh the you know the russian czars were 
just you know lived in beautiful palaces and were just happy doing things you know it wasn't you, they weren't portraying the overall social context of what was going on in the, yeah. you know, the time period and then and then the that the the revolution was kind of planted by Res, Rasputin and his magic, you know, mm-hmm. versus no, it's like horrible social conditions and all this stuff right. you know, that was going on. So that yeah. just seemed that just that that's I guess you know I'd call it cringy. Yeah, me, I agree. Especially I had never cringy. really noticed how cringy that introduction was until again you notice things when you're taking notes for a, for yeah. a podcast that a movie I've seen so many times yeah. that I you know that you didn't notice before. But uh, but yeah, that introductory is pretty cringe. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, Female Film Critics Panels, or the Talking Disney Podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Yeah. You know, Rachel, and I don't know if if this is fair or not, but it was kind of in a way reminding me of Pocahontas. Yeah. In that they take some serious liberties with with these, you know, historical figures. I mean, it sounds like almost that Pocahontas is maybe more accurate. I know. I, I was mean, gonna say uh, aside from the is, fact that is more accurate. Yeah, so I remember that that Pocahontas was a little girl. You know, yeah. she was likely eleven or twelve. And they didn't magically speak English and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's some, but it, you have to make the comparison. They were made very close to each other. Yeah, close both to each based other on and, historical events, mm-hmm. and so it it makes sense that that you would you'd have to compare the two. But I do, I do like Christopher Lloyd's performance as Rasputin. I, I think do too. Gives, I think he gives a really good performance. It's a solid, it's a solid performance. I can't say, I mean, and he's got the cute sidekick again, Bartok. Bar, there's Bartok, who voiced by Hank Azaria, who's uh-huh. fine. I mean, he he has some funny lines. Yeah, he does have some funny lines. And again, I just think, yeah, this is you know, again, this just wants to be a Disney film. Yeah. And, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that yeah. as a, necessarily as a criticism. It's just more like, yeah, that's just something that you you see in one of these Disney films. From yeah, the- and I'm. We'll talk about dark of dark of night, but I do like the song. I think it's a very catchy song. Oh, I think it's it has, a, oh the songs are great. I think all the songs are are really good. It's Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flattery. Yeah, are the writers of the songs, and of course, this was directed by Don Bluth. Have you have you I gotten to read his book yet? No. Yeah. I've got uh, to read his book. Maybe <laughs> so over it, holidays I'm going to be able yeah, to do it. You sh- you'd like it. I I, I think. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I was going to find it fascinating. Yeah, and I one of the traditions that I have because I usually end up going to Disneyland alone, because uh, that's just my life. Um, so one of the things I like to do while I'm waiting in line is I will listen to 
biographies about animators. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and so this last one I listened to for D23 and for uh, Disneyland. Uh, I listened to, I listened to Don Blues bi- memoir biography. I listened to one on Ward Kimball. I listened to one on the female animators, early female animators, which was of Disney, which was really fun. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I really, I enjoy that. And so I, I listened to his book and he's, you know, talking about his, his journey. It's a, it was, a, I have to admit, a little corny. Cause he's like, ta- he's talking about uh, when I talk to myself in the mirror, like he has this whole like conversations with him. When I look at that boy in the mirror and uh, it's a little, little corny but it was it was still very interesting (laughs) and i you know it's it's interesting because when he first started out of disney it was secret of nim i i think that he was really doing something that disney wasn't doing so it's kind of interesting that his career kind of came full circle to doing something that was so similar to what disney was doing yeah yeah you know it's very interesting and I, Anastasia does, I always get a kind of a chuckle because, you know, I've, I've been a writer for Rotoscopers for many years and way back, I was like 2016, 2017, a long time ago, uh, well before the purchase of Fox. We, we, every year we do a, a, a April Fool's <laughs> post uh-huh. piece. And this one year, uh, they somebody wrote up a post of that Anastasia was gonna be made the new Disney princess and how like, you know all this stuff and uh, that she was being like purchased by Disney and she's gonna be the new Disney princess and all this stuff this news piece right and I think it was the most popular I'd have to ask Morgan about this but I'm pretty sure it was like the most popular post on the site for like years. <laughs> That's so great. I mean, so many people would share it and 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 uh, and not realize, you know, April for April yeah, that or was whatever. And uh, <laughs> and so it was so ironic when, of course, when then Disney, Disney buys Fox, Fox, yeah. and uh, and so now she yeah. really could be if they wanted to make her a, a Disney princess, which is hilarious. What was interesting to me too, and I think you know we had corresponded about this, but I could have sworn that early on when Disney Plus launched, Anastasia and, and you know and then yeah. the Fox acquisition had happened. Anastasia was on Disney Plus. I could have sworn. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. No, it definitely was. And and, and then I think it went no to and then I think currently. it went to HBO Max for a while and then now it's just on nothing. Yeah, I had weird. to rent it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. I mean I own it on DVD, so I was able to to watch it. But yeah. the uh but anyway, going back to so the first song is a rumor in St. Petersburg, and and I think part of the reason why I enjoyed this so much is I've always been a you know big Broadway person, and this this has a very Broadway style feel. You know, it does not only the song but also how they stage the animation. Yes, I think it's so interesting because it's just like straight out of a Broadway musical. Yeah. <laughs> you know the way the, the way that the characters are placed and, and, and the choreography. You know, yeah of it yeah and i think that's why it, the the songs that were from the original worked well in the broadway musical because they were already ready it's not like mm-hmm. with some of their other shows or like lion king where they really had to change quite a bit in order to yeah. make for broadway and uh, and 
then she she has this necklace she's forgotten who she is uh, they have the beginning there's this whole scene with her getting separated from her grandma and uh, and uh, her getting saved them both getting saved by the boy the servant boy and uh, and then you know she tries to hold on to her grandma on the train and then she goes away and and she doesn't she falls in her head too yeah. yeah so then she forgets who she is but she still has the uh, this necklace which is the key to the music box that the grandma has then yeah and so she doesn't know what it means together in paris and she's at like an orphanage or whatever she's kicked out by this lady and uh kind of mocked about it and and then she she asks for a sign she's like give me a sign give me a sign and that's when she meets puka the cute little dog the cute little dog sidekick which again you know classic (laughs) Disney, you know, yeah, is, is, yeah. you know, doesn't speak sidekick, but who's super cute and it saves the day, you know, or, or helps out with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we get our first song from Anastasia with Journey to the Past. And we have a different voice actor for the uh, voice versus the singing, which is, which is something Disney does all the time. Like they did it with them um, with Pocahontas. They yeah, and you know, with Jasmine in in Aladdin, yeah, and, yeah, it's not. So yeah, Meg Ryan voices mm-hmm. Anastasia, and I think Meg Ryan does a, gives a really good vocal performance in this film. Yeah, and it was a smart choice because she's so. I mean, another, I, it was a smart choice because she's so recognized with romantic comedies, and that's basically what this movie is. Yeah, Liz Calloway is the name of the singing yes. voice of Anastasia, the adult Anastasia. Just and just as a trivia thing, in the opening scene with young Anastasia, Kirsten Dunst is the voice of young Anastasia, and Lacey Chabert, who I believe is is very involved with Hallmark. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say I, I can speak to it, but I'm, I'm at least I'm aware. She Lacey, is the current queen of Hallmark. Is she okay? <laughs> yes, she's she's done over twenty movies for them. I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she's the singing voice of young Anastasia. I didn't know she could sing. My most familiarity oh, with yeah. Lacey Chabert is is uh, Clueless. Oh, you mean Mean Girls? I mean, sorry, Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah no, yeah. she actually can. She was a young Cosette on Broadway for years. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to confuse Probably right movies. around the same time. She was probably young Cosette in 97. So okay. Was, yeah. But uh, or maybe a little bit earlier. But, yeah, she was she was a... Young Cosette for years on Broadway. And she does a lot of voice acting. She, you know, she was, she was on um, Wild Thornberries. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so Liz Calloway, though, it's a kind of interesting because she was also the singing voice for the Swan Princess. For, oh. Yeah. For Princess Another Don Bluth. <laughs> Is Don Bluth on that one? I thought it's Don Gary- Luth was involved with this, or is that Gary Coleman? No, it's Richard Rich. Oh, that's Richard Rich. Yeah. I got to get my facts straight here. <laughs> I'm blaming it. I'm still jet lagged. I'm blaming it on that. Sorry, people. Being clueless. Thank goodness for yeah. Rachel. <laughs> but uh, but it's just interesting because both of those movies were very Disney light, you know. Well, and then she also. Um, I'm just looking at IMDb, but she also was. 
in in uh, Return of Jafar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The direct-to-video sequel to mm-hmm. Aladdin. She plays Princess Jasmine. Do you know if she was singing and speaking? Or I'm just checking. Um, but, uh, it just says singing voice on IMDb. Yeah, singing voice. So, oh, Linda Larkin was bad. So they didn't get uh, Leia Salonga. They got Liz Calloway. And she's got a great voice, beautiful voice. Yeah, she's she... a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I thought I loved this, her singing in Anastasia. Yeah, yeah, great and beautiful songs. And it's it's I think got a little bit of a bittersweet quality because of um, uh, Journey to the Past, the pop version. Because this was the era, you know, where there was always a pop version. Oh, they played uh, during the credits. Yeah, uh, with. Aaliyah doing the the pop oh, version. Right. Of course, she passed away in a in a plane accident at a very young age, and so it's uh, you know it's it's very sad uh, that uh, she uh, didn't get to. I think it was pretty soon after this that she passed away. Yeah. So you know that's that's very sad. Sad. Yeah, and then pretty soon after we we get Once Upon a December when she goes she goes into the empty hall and she's you know sees Madge's everybody dancing you know and, that's a you know, magic scene yeah i really be, it's beautiful uh, it's beautiful it is beautifully done and again just one of the i think one of the if i if i wasn't already pulled in to the film with this rewatch it was that it was that scene. yeah i just thought wow this is this was really good stuff mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Beautiful, and this it was we get more of Rasputin and Bartok, and and they definitely have a have a uh, Jafar and Iago kind of trying yeah, to do that. Absolutely. Not, not as well done, of course, but they're definitely trying to do that. And you know, there are some funny lines. They have some it, good lines, and you know, as you said, Christopher Christopher Lloyd gives a really solid performance. And I think mm-hmm. his area can be really funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's obvious that in, in the dark of the night is very inspired by be prepared. It's so similar, but I do like Christopher Lloyd's performance and I liked some of the animation there. And I, I genuinely actually find the song pretty catchy, mm-hmm. pretty catchy, but it does feel derivative. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is when we get the train sequence. So he tries to to uh, try to um, stall them with this, with breaking down the train. And you get some nice both action and romantic comedy banter with them being yes. kind of back and forth, back and forth, you know, with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a solid scene. It's an exciting scene. And yeah. It. I'm with you. It is. It's you know because John Cusack is voicing. Dimitri, yeah, right? who's another person very, very commonly associated with rom coms, you know, with saying yeah. thing and and things like that. Kelsey Grammer voices Vladimir, who's the sidekick mm-hmm. of of John Cusack. What do you think of his performance? Yeah, I mean, great, and he's the only one that does his own singing. Yeah, in the movie, so that's nice. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, it does a good job. Hmm. Uh, and uh, then next we get learn to do it. If I could learn to do it, you could learn to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very classic <laughs> musical sequence. It is. I was gonna say it's just like yeah, 
<laughs> musical you comedy. Do there, it yeah. too. <laughs> and then we get at the very end of that sequence, we get a little song from Vlad where he says, I never should have let them dance. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's very sweet. Very good. And, and she says, I'm feeling a little lightheaded. And, and, and then we get the dream sequence, which I remember thinking was, was pretty, pretty scary. It's pretty intense. I mean, I was 16, so I wasn't that scared, but I was, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. No, it's intense. Yeah. You know, when, yeah, yeah that, uh, it's, it's really well animated how she goes into that garden and then, but the, mm-hmm. the lighting drastically changes and you really feel that, you know, the music and you really feel that sense of foreboding mm-hmm. and the danger, the danger that Anastasia is in. Yeah. She almost walks off the boat. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Yeah. So the the, uh, Countess is getting frustrated that... She's she's not going to let people break her heart anymore. And, uh, and so then they have that introduction and then that's when they arrive in Paris and we get the whole Paris holds the key to your heart, which I love. Which is another just like total classic, uh-huh. you know, just you just you just picture it on the stage. Yeah, the way that they the way that they do it. Paris holds the key to your heart and all of Paris plays a part. <laughs> yeah. So good. I love that. And I mean, that's that kind of musical theater number is just, uh, it's just perfect for me. I love that kind of thing so much. They got what? the romance, got the music, got the yeah. choreography, the dancing. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. It's really, it's you know, it's it's delightful. Just mm-hmm. solid musical. Yeah. What did you think? We haven't really talked about this much. What did you think of Angela Lansbury's performance? I mean, perfect. The Dowager exactly. Empress Marie. I mean, aside from them giving her some cringy, cringy dialogue to open, aside from that, like, she's just absolutely perfect for yeah. this part, you know, kind of playing the grandma. And I I remember when she came to the Catamaranical Choir, yes. I was lucky enough to be there. And she said that, especially after 9-11, she felt like that she realized the children in particular had comfort from her voice in a way that she hadn't realized before and uh, and that she she uh you know so she sang like obviously the beauty and the beast songs and and other songs and because I mean, a lot of people maybe don't realize it that that she had had a much more sort of risky and subversive career pre-disney uh i mean she did bed and six and stuff too but she had done sweeney todd yeah you know she had done um 
maturing candidate. Uh, she'd done these definitely more risky roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 interesting. what do you think? You know, she, she's, I mean, I love Angela Lansbury so yeah. much. And, and, uh, Again, when just when you hear her voice, I'm just like, oh my goodness, it's Mrs. Potts, <laughs> which yeah. isn't isn't fair. But you know, again, I'm just thinking, but but it's more just happy. You're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. she's she is cut. You know, it is comforting to have her be part of the project, and also I think it gives a kind of instant credibility too. You know, when, yeah. when you hear because she's the first voice you hear, if I'm not mistaken, in the film. And because she narrates that opening sequence, right? Yes, yes. And uh, but anyway, she's 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 terrific. And I also wonder if they did some any. I think I feel like her character design. I mean, the character design of the Dowager Empress was was influenced by her too, more so than the other actors. And I could be I could be wrong. Oh yeah, too much into it. Just the way that they animated that character. I, to me, a lot, a lot of the shots look like it's Angela Lansbury to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they they allow the characters to have chemistry, and there is definitely a a, a familiarity, a family feel, that, and a part of that I think is because of the warmth of their voices. Yep, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. So then, uh, then Anastasia overhears. Uh, Dimitri talking and and she gets upset and she says I was just part of your con and uh, and so he kind of storms off and she says but he says but you really are the the real Anastasia and she has the key to the music box and so that's kind of what what convinces the dowager and then we have the uh so then he refuses the money uh for the for anastasia and but she doesn't know that and so when she sees him coming out uh after talking to her uh he's she's very icy <laughs> dimitri <laughs> <laughs> yeah you come did you get what you were what you were looking for <laughs> whatever yes i did and uh, and then uh, that's when uh, there's supposed to be this big debut basically for yeah. her and she talks to the to the dowager and the dowager says that he didn't take the money and so then uh she is she leaves uh, with her her crown uh, there and leaves her the note and uh, she goes and so then you get this final confrontation to between uh, Rasputin and uh, Anya, Anastasia, and, and it's and, a doozy. Yes, <laughs> Daspy Danya. <laughs> <laughs> and again, to me, sorry, I'm such a broken record on this, but very Aladdin esque to me. Yeah, yeah. Know, how. It's like, you know, when Jafar turns into the snake and all this yeah. stuff's going on. It's and true. And great physical peril, you know, hanging off of things and whatever mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. Ultimate cosmic power and time and <laughs> <laughs> Right. 
just with Christopher Lloyd's voice. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there are some, I thought Bartok's kind of funny in this when he's like, oh, we're back to the crushing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, and, this and can only Bartok... end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bartok doesn't get killed either, you yes. know, which is kind of <laughs> funny, you know. You, there's you, that, you... and there's that girl bat. <laughs> right. <laughs> So they have uh, a whole Bartok movie. I've never seen it. I exactly. I've never seen it either. <laughs> I'm one of those direct to video. Yeah. Uh, so she destroys the lamp. That's when she's like, that's Madonna. Yeah. That's Sputin. That glass vial or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that thing. yeah. And, the and tube. It, it kills him. And then she goes off with Dimitri and. And they see her, and it's a it's a perfect ending, and it's the perfect beginning. It's yeah, it's exactly the perfect beginning. Well, and you know, I like too that in this, you know, she's got the dowager gives Anastasia counsel that yeah she needed, you know, rather yeah. than kind of stay in this bubble mm-hmm. with the dowager, she you know the dowager encouraged her instead. Then they'll keep in touch, but that she should go have a life with Dimitri. Well, in in this movie does one of my least favorite tropes of the, uh, how could you lie to me? How could you trick me? I always hate that, that plot point. But but in this case, like she does get over it pretty quick. Pretty quick. And and Dimitri is so darn charming. (laughs) Yeah, they do a good job, I thought, with the script for Dimitri. Yeah. And, you know, the animation. Mm-hmm. One other thing too, Rach, we should I think we should mention is that Bernadette Peters oh, is yeah, also yeah. in this. And yeah. I and she's got a song and stuff. I wish she had more to do. I wish they'd given her more yeah. kind of almost like a beefier role, but she's in it. Yeah, she, she pl- was the one who does pre holds the key. Per, to yeah, the, per, that Paris song. Pre and then, holds and then the key to- she is the Dowager's assistant or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. And she's it's like her lady in waiting. It's Bernadette or, Peters, you know? Yeah, that's true. So she does do her own singing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so we get our conclusion with Dimitri and Anya dancing and then kissing on the boat with Paris all around them. And uh, and you do, I, I feel like, get the feeling of this movie that they definitely tried as hard as they could there's not a feeling of like laziness or no or cheap yeah that i mean people could say oh it feels too much like a copy but i feel like i feel like that that they still they used it maybe as a template they were definitely trying to i i think that they still we're putting in a lot of effort to this to make it as I do as too. I, I I don't feel like any of it got phoned in. Yes. You know? Yes. I agree. I, I I was I was really impressed with it. The only thing it just highly derivative, but I know that that's what but that's what they were going for. Yeah. You know, I think they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of these amazing Disney musicals from the Renaissance, mm-hmm. you know, from from the Disney Renaissance that and and who can blame them? Because they were so, you know, those those movies are so good, and they're just like, well, this is a winning formula, you know. Why don't we, why don't we copy? It? And the story is unique enough that I, you know, even though it's highly derivative, I still find it interesting. And again, mm-hmm. because I also, as I had earlier mentioned, really love that uh, Ingrid Bergman. Oh film, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, 
that I think is partly that it's this is based on. Right. It's yeah. it's just so good. And I love the closing credits song at the yes. uh, at the beginning. Richard Marks. Yes, with Richard Marks. Uh, yes, and uh, and Donna Lewis. Yes. It's so good. Life it's is so a road, good. and I want to keep going. Love is a river, and I want to keep going. Life is a road now and forever. It's so good. And uh, I, th- I think that's like an underappreciated part of, I mean, I think it was a pretty big hit at the time, but I, l- I love that song. Yeah, I do too. It's, so it's It's a great song. And then, you know, they play that Aaliyah mm-hmm. version, right, of... Uh, uh, Journey to the Past. Yes. And then we have a D- Dina Carter doing Once Upon a December. Yeah, which I thought was interesting again, because that seemed to be a big deal, too. They were kind of going over for crossover, you know, to uh-huh. get... Yeah. Yeah, they had the country artists, and then they had kind of you know, the pop stars, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Yeah. The classic from the time period. Yeah. You know. Both, so, I think, for live action and for, you know, mm-hmm. animated. So, yeah, this movie, like I said, I'm aware of its flaws as an adult, but I can still turn it on and just really have a great time. Really enjoy it. Really enjoy the characters, the romance, the songs, the choreography, all that uh, going on. So I I think you can appreciate a a historical romance. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's terrific. And, uh, I, I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Too. Uh, again, a little cringy for yeah. me at times, but still, uh, it's a solid movie, and it really mm-hmm. makes me want to see. I've got to bust out. Yeah. Titan A.E., which is the oh. other film that that uh, was I made that. in I the watched... short Fox Animation Studios time. Yeah, I watched that when I uh, I did a. It was like 1999, right? I yeah, did or 2000 uh, when it came out. It was 2000. Yeah, because I, I did that what, for all the years that the animated Oscars have been in existence. I did a uh, did the right one win. And uh, and then we just talked about it on Ernest and Celestine episode. But uh, but then I also went back and did hypo, hypo, uh, hypothetical. So I did one for because um, it started in 2002. So I did one 2001, 2002. I mean, 2001, 2000. And 1999 is all I've done, but um, but anyway, I watched Titan A finally for the first time and didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember liking it. I saw it in the theater, oh, no. and, and, and I and I thought it, <laughs> I, I thought it was a real kind of a bore, but yeah. <laughs> I just am kind of interested to see to see it again because it seems to it looks to me that Fox technically only created Fox Animation three films: Anastasia, Titan A, and they also did. It's Bartok the Magnificent, which is that directed DVD. You know that kind of that quote directed video release. I didn't realize that they had done that. You know that Bartok, mm-hmm. that Bartok, and then according to the you know Wikipedia, the font of all truth, <laughs> there's all you know like twelve canceled projects or other or projects that went to other studios I'm that sure. they never did. I'm sure, uh, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, you know, I guess. A bummer, but that's just how life goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did have a bunch of comments on oh, my good. Twitter on this one. 
So I'll read some of them. Uh, Rachel Masters, she says, parts were phenomenal. Parts were really weird. Overall, I keep coming back because it has a great score, awesome cast, and some good animation set pieces. I can't get over the bad taste when it comes to ghoulish villain elements, which normally I enjoy, but this was over the top. Uh, in search of a better name, says solid film and a great look at Don Bluth's talent, even with its weird insistence on taking legit Russian history and turning it into a Disney-esque movie. I oddly appreciate it more after watching the 1956 live-action film of the same name that yeah. it was obviously influenced by. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Martin says, thought uh, though it... Though it copies the Disney Renaissance formula a bit too much, I still enjoy the animation, Don Plus direction, and there's solid songs to keep the story engaging. Tammy says, haven't seen it in a while, but love it. The animation is good enough, but Anya and Dimitri were so cute. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. MC Myers says, I absolutely adore the entire aspect of this movie that's a historical musical romance and i think that part is blue's best work but i hate rasputin and bartok not just because of the tone they have but because the plot is so good it literally doesn't need a villain what do you think about that do you think it doesn't need a villain you know it probably needed a villain you know to also just kind of keep it with the genre but because I'm trying to picture it without a without a villain, mm-hmm. you know. Like I kind of wished in the musical that they had just given him a different name, yeah, know? and kept the same song and and uh, and the same things, but just had him be like evil sorcerer, right? I don't know, e- evil court sorcerer or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. like boring general <laughs> with no memorable right. qualities at all. Yeah. Then we have. Aragorn Aragon says saw it for the first time recently really enjoyed it good songs age appropriate given the history with voice actors who work with with it with it uh, without overshadowing the characters C.S. Johnson says it's one of my favorites historical fantasy romance uh, which is among what I write even the historical part requires a lot of brain power so there we go friend Snald cast, he says, Darren says the closest Bluth ever came to aping the Disney princess style that he broke, that he broke away from also takes more inspiration from it happened one night than most people give it credit for. So that's an interesting yeah, point. That is interesting. I appreciate him, Darren bringing that up. And that's something, you know, that you talk about too, that really at its core, it's a romantic comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, Tamara Canty says, I absolutely love Anastasia. When I was a freshman in high school, I sang Once Upon a December for Theater Arts Night. So. Nice. She probably probably rocked it. Absolutely. (laughs) That sounds like something I would have done. (laughs) Although it came out when I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was 16, so. So there we go. That is some of the thoughts. So thank you everybody for sharing. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, this is this is one that I really do enjoy. I get a lot of pleasure out of it. So, uh, I, so there we go. I'll put your thoughts of this movie in the comment section or on Twitter. Would love to hear it. And Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and uh, I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And I have reviewed Anastasia once before on my uh, on this podcast for Family Movie Night way back. I think it was like the second or third movie that I did. Oh, nice. Rage. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, at that time, because uh, my original 
thought for family movie night was that I was going to do only movies that you could watch on Netflix. That was kind of the idea. Oh yeah. Um, and it was, so it was actually on Netflix way on Netflix then. Yeah. Which is interesting. Back of the day. It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but I, I pretty quickly moved away from that about six, I don't even think six months. I was like, I, I don't want to just be so limited to one streaming service. Yeah. So, and now I've been doing it uh, for eight years is it you've been your longest running yeah is that your longest yeah. run every okay. pretty much every monday yeah nice uh i i have something and it's been really fun because i have uh like november i'm doing a foreign language movie month in october i do disney scares month in june i always do teen movie month uh so uh, and i've you know i've reviewed a ton of barbie movies i've said it's just it's been a a really fun series for me fun to do series. every week. Yeah. Nice. So, anyway. So I do have Anastasia, uh, that I, uh, that I reviewed previously on, on this channel. So I'll put a link down. You can check that out and, uh, and yeah, make sure you're following me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron tomatoes. Check that out. Also make sure that you're, uh, following me over at homework's podcast. Got lots of tons stuff on there. A lot of ton on romance and, you know, rom-coms and holiday films and everything. And, and if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group, which is so helpful. It's the biggest way that you can help uh, me do what I do. So please take a look. And we have really good perks. And uh, check out the merch store. We can hashtag Animation Junkie shirts. Let's take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.